White Cloud feed to the right, back in front. White Cloud scores! White Cloud bearing down on the goal, straight down the middle. Went to the outside right for Stone. Stone tapped it right back to White Cloud. The righty rips it home. Because one hour isn't enough. We welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Michael, nine seconds through the left circle. Number nine closing in. He scores! It's an overtime winner. Jack Eichel, 2 to 1 Golden Knights with six seconds to go. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LBSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Getting ready for the first place Vegas Golden Knights in the Pacific Division, the top team in the Western Conference with a record of 13 and 4, taking on the Arizona Coyotes who are in the front half of a 14-game road trip. Mm -hmm. We'll get into that in just a little bit and why they're going through that process. But Vegas, uh, with the lofty record, is still trying to snap a two-game skid. First time that they've dropped uh, consecutive games all season. They'll try to do that against uh, their desert rival. Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace at the VGK Insider Show, live on Fox Sports Las Vegas from T-Mobile Arena, where we spent a majority of the opening hour talking about Phil Kessel, and for good reason, playing in his 1,000th consecutive game tonight. Yeah, it's going to be a big night. It's going to be a fun night, I think, inside T-Mobile Arena. You've got Phil Kessel playing in 1,000 consecutive games. Some ceremonies will be taking place prior to puck drop, so make sure you get down here. Towels, Uh, towels too. There's towels, rally towels, uh, great design on them, so you're going to want to be here in your seat ready to go before puck drop because it's going to be a special moment there. And then for the Golden Knights, it's about kind of turning the page and and finding a way to get right back into the win column and pull some points out of this homestand. We were joking about uh, whether or not we'd hear from Phil Kessel for the rest of the year. Now (laughs) that he's through uh, the approaching record, tying the record, breaking it in San Jose, and now the big round number of 1,000 consecutive games. I uncovered the next time we're going to hear from him. Okay. It may not be just after a big offensive performance. Phil is 37 points shy of 1,000 for his career. Got it. That is very reachable this year. Mm -hmm. May happen midseason or three-quarters of the way through the season, but we're going to hear from him again with another milestone. Yeah, and, you know, I think that you're probably right. So we've got maybe... Yeah, a couple big nights on en route to those 37 points, en route to 1,000 career points. I think that we'll hear from Phil Kessel with uh, it, it, some regularity the rest of the season. Golden Knights will try to ignite the offense this evening. Yeah. It's uh, a strange phenomenon that's happened with a really good team in Vegas. Is They're averaging twice as many goals on the road than they are at home. Mm. Usually in the National Hockey League, it is the exact opposite. Sure. So if they can get things going, fill the net uh, a touch tonight, be nice going into Edmonton and Vancouver. Yeah, and I think there's obviously reasons for that when you look at kind of the Golden Knights, uh, at least on that five-game road trip. Some of the teams that you're going up against, the Ottawa Senators, the Montreal Canadiens, the Buffalo Sabres to, to an extent, they are not strong and structured defensive teams. So I'm not necessarily surprised that that number might have been a bit inflated for the Golden Knights going on the road and putting up the points that they did. Uh, but they certainly have to find a way to to get to three goals, right? Like that's going to be the big thing for me tonight for the Golden Knights is 
when you have those chances, and I thought they had plenty of chances in the first period against San Jose, bear down on them, find a way to put them in the back of the net. And, and I think once you get a couple of goals to go, a couple of bounces to go your way, uh, it should unlock the Golden Knights. Uh, I enjoyed listening to Bruce Cassidy this morning talk about the San Jose game because uh, he saw it very similar to what we talked about that they, they didn't play poorly defensively mm-hmm. for the first two periods. They didn't give them a lot. And, yeah. in fact, they didn't give them a ton. There was the LeBanc shot down the middle. There was the goals, uh, obviously. Uh, but structurally, they were okay. But when they broke down, they gave up big opportunities. And it's now six straight games where the team has surrendered three or more goals. Mm-hmm. That's one off the franchise record. Right for that area of uh, of being slightly on the poorest side. This is, a, this is an important game, I think, for the goaltender, mm-hmm. Logan Thompson, yeah. uh, for uh, the defensive side of it, and the forwards being able to get back to where they were at the start of the season. Yeah, I, I think from from kind of a game perspective, you're, you're looking at it as a 60-minute effort for the Golden Knights and, and just kind of that commitment to defending and making sure your own zone is buttoned up. I, I think Bruce Cassidy and, and, you know, really the way that we looked at the game, 40 minutes, the Golden Knights were really good. And, and I know that there was some more territorial advantage for the San Jose Sharks in the second period, but Chance to, chances for chances. Like, it wasn't really no. much that the Golden Knights were giving up. Uh, you got to give credit to San Jose for burying their looks in the third period, but for the Golden Knights, it was uh, one of those looser periods that you have from time to time when you're, when you're trying to break things in and get everything dialed in. So uh, I think your point on the Golden Knights forwards and, and really their, their structure in their own zone is, is well taken in that they've got to commit to that over the course of 60 minutes. But you're also going to need some big-time saves, I feel like, in this game from Logan Thompson, from your goaltender, to just come through and, and, and hold the opposition to, to under three for the first time in a while. This game means more than I thought it would at the start of the homestand. Sure. Yeah, because of what's happened against uh, St. Louis and San Jose. But winning is the ultimate important thing. Mm-hmm. If they can win tonight and it's 8-4 or 7-3, whatever, I think that's still really good because you get the, the goal scorers going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But a 2-1 game would, wouldn't necessarily be the dominance of throwing six on the board. It might be more important in the long run for the team. Yeah. Get, get where I'm going with that? Yeah, I mean, I think that you kind of want it to be maybe a lower event game because you want to feel comfortable and confident that, you know, if you take a lead, if it's a 2-1 lead going into the third period, you want to be able to close that out for the, if you're the Golden Knights. In this situation, you'll take anything. You'll take two points however you can get them. But I feel like if it's a game where the Golden Knights are, are really imposing their will and not giving Arizona anything, and they're able to, to do what they need to do offensively, whether it's two or three goals, and you can hold the opposition to, one or, uh, to, to two or less, then I think that might be something the Golden Knights can really build upon and, and get back to what they were doing prior to that road trip. Well, Vegas not winning when leading after two periods. Mm-hmm bugged Bruce Cassidy. I, I understand why. Well, here are the stats when he was at Boston. Because okay. it, it hasn't happened a lot <laughs> under a Bruce Cassidy coach team. Yeah. And I'll give Darren Elliott credit because he, he brought this to my attention uh, as to what, what the reaction by Bruce, that jumped out at him. And then just thinking back to some of those Bruin teams. Uh, 185 games. Bruce Cassidy and the Boston Bruins mm-hmm. led after two periods. 
they won 161. They got they got points in 180. Oh, 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 oh. wow! So so to fall without getting a point the other night, yeah, was extremely rare. Yeah, for Bruce Cassidy, and you saw that bleed through a little bit in the post game press conference. Yeah, and you know, I, I think I keep I keep coming back to what Bruce said in that in that post game press conference that if, if you're a good team, if you want to take that step, if you want to be uh, among the best in this league, if you take a lead to the third period, you win those games. You find a way uh, if it gets away from you to at least salvage a point out of it or give yourself a chance to go for two. And you know, I, I, you look at those numbers that he's had historically with the Boston Bruins, as you just pointed out, and Darren Elliott brought to your attention, like. That doesn't happen to Bruce Cassidy coach teams. What we saw the San Jose Sharks able to do against Vegas, that doesn't happen often. No. And, you know, I think for the Golden Knights, it's it's a good wake-up call. Well, you're at least able to get it to overtime where you get something. Exactly, exactly. And, and I think for Vegas, it's, 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 it's a work in progress, but it's also a wake-up call. That, that there are going to be things that, I don't want to say change in terms of how you play going into the third period, but, but the, the emphasis has to be on, okay, Let's rely on what we do, and, and, and that is not give the opposition anything in the third period. And if the Golden Knights were, were really able to constrict what San Jose did in that third period to the, to the level that they were in the first 40 minutes, they would have gotten points out of that game. I'm not shocked that there's been any type of letdown. Mm -hmm. The this, this St. Louis game off uh, the Buffalo high uh, was expected, especially with travel, and then maybe just catching your breath against San I was I was shocked that they didn't get a point sure. or or yeah. or win that game because they're they're way better than than San Jose. So uh, San Jose won the game, uh, good on them. But uh, but that jumped out at me. As far as the uh, the ebb and the flow of, of a season, like they had a, a really intense training camp. Mm -hmm. They went into the season with a lot of uh, venom from last year, and you heard it over and over about the chip on the shoulder. They got through that and started to get on a real run. Yeah. There's bound to be, after everything they put through with preseason and the training camp and then into the initial part of the campaign, there's bound to be some kind of letdown. Bruce was asked, though, if there's been any drop-off of structure. Here's the head coach. You know, the funny thing about San Jose is we didn't give up much, to be honest with you, but they were very opportunistic when we did break down. So there's the positive in that, the big picture of the process. There wasn't a lot going on, but uh, they were... Big enough breakdowns right in front of our net and crucial times, right? You get, it's, two, it's two to one in the third. The first or second shift, they get life. So that's not the right time. You know, now all of a sudden they got some hop. We did that to them in, in San Jose. We were down a goal. We got a goal uh, going into the third. I think it was very early and off we went. So, um, and then the power, you know, penalty kill late in the game. You just got to find a way to keep it out of your net and, and get some points and get it into overtime, right? The nights that you're not scoring. So um, I think yes and no. We... we St. Louis, the second period, clearly, all our, our it, it did catch up to us. We corrected that in the third with a good push. We killed some penalties, and off we went. Didn't score. So, I see us getting bet closer to back to regressing back to being better defensively. It's just the breakdowns were major, unfortunately, the other night. And now they get the Arizona Coyotes playing their sixth game of this 14-game road trip. It's somewhat misleading, though. Yeah. All right. So. Arizona's moved into the new Mullet Arena on the campus of Arizona State University. Love it. They started with six games on the road. They went home for four. Mm -hmm. uh, they asked the National Hockey League for an exemption because 
they wanted to be able to play some games early while the finishing touches are done on the Vegas or the sorry the Arizona Coyote locker rooms and the visiting locker room there. Yeah. Uh, so they they may do with uh, with some uh, duct tape and and drapery and uh, all kinds of stuff. It's temporary. It was temporary. Yeah. Uh, the, what what they did with it with the dressing rooms. Now they're back on the road uh, for 14 games while they finish up the the construction on the NHL facilities because. Arizona Coyotes are not allowed to use the ASU facilities, the mm-hmm. weight room, the dress room, nothing. Uh, they're sharing the rink, but NCAA rules say that the ASU can't bleed over it because that's a competitive advantage with a with a National Hockey League team. Sure. And we know that the NCAA is very strict. So they're on this 14-game road trip. Mm-hmm. They play five games to start on the road. That's one section. Then they went home, mm-hmm. had a couple of practices, Cleaned out the laundry, repacked. Now they're out for one game. Yep. This is really a one-game road trip. (laughs) Then they go home. They have a couple of practices at Mullet Arena. And then they're out for four. Okay. After that, they go back home, unpack, laundry, a couple of practices before they're out for the last four. Okay. So it's really... Four road trips sure. in one 14-game road trip, mm-hmm. if you follow the math on that. Right. It's very strange. So they're, they're back to Phoenix multiple times. The biggest turnaround, or the quickest turnaround, from playing a road game to then going back out and playing again is when they go home. They, they have like one day off after a 14-game road trip. It's, it, when you look at the schedule yeah. and you go, they play 14 games in a row, they get one day off, <laughs> and then they play a home game. <laughs> it looks goofy, except it's it's a bunch of little road trips, yeah. as small as this little one-off mm-hmm. uh, to Vegas uh, mixed into the 14 games. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Um, you know, for Arizona, like – it's a team that I think has performed certainly better than a lot of people expected they would. This was going to be, in my estimation, a, a very clear Connor Bedard sweepstakes team. I want, I, I'm looking forward to you finishing this thought because okay. I had the same one, I think, uh-huh. and then I'm going to offer some reality. Okay. Um, and, like, it's good for Arizona. It's good for the players in the room. It's good for... Uh, you know, just kind of building and growing as a team. But the the fact of the matter is, when I look at the Arizona Coyotes now, uh, having lost two straight coming into this one against the Golden Knights, uh, I do think that at some point here, uh, the the, the schedule is going to catch up with them, even though it's these mini breaks, these mini road trips. Uh, I don't expect the Arizona Coyotes to continue to push the way that they have to start this season. No. But they've been much better than yeah, better thought, than right? Better than anticipated, yep. All right. They have a record of 6-8-1. and one. Much better than anticipated. Exactly. <laughs> Do you know what their cushion is on the 32nd team in the National Hockey League? No. Two points. <laughs> so I'm right with you. I'm looking at it going, six, they're, they're two games from modern-day yeah. 500. Yeah. They won the first three games on this 14-game road trip. Right. This is pretty good, yeah. what, what we're seeing out of Arizona. Yeah. Then I looked at the overall standings. And while they're 26th, they have a two-point edge over the last place Columbus Blue Jackets and Anaheim Ducks. So what I like about that is the fact that the Arizona Coyotes have not necessarily played so well 
that they have put themselves out of a reasonable spot where they can fall back and become one of the worst teams in the league. Because I, I truly believe as much as you like They're two this, games from being 32nd. Right, right, exactly. And, and that's, that's the larger point here that I'm trying to make is that you're, if you're Arizona, you, you, you like what you're seeing out of Clayton Keller. You like the fact that yeah. he is producing. You like to see some of the fight that you're getting from your players on a night-to-night basis. They're not giving up in games. That's great. They're just not good enough. And, and reasonably, I want Arizona to finish last. I do because this is a team that I do believe ha- could have their fortunes changed overnight if you're able to land Connor Bedard or Matt, Matt Vay-Mitchkoff or literally anybody at, in, in that top three spot. So if you can be as bad as we all expect Arizona to be, you're going to get a good player coming out of it. I, I have friends over there. Yeah. Long-time friends. I, I wish them no ill will. I think it would be a travesty that the Arizona Coyotes get the first pick overall and are allowed the opportunity to select Connor Bedard. Mm. That Connor Bedard would break into the National Hockey League in a 4,200-seat facility and play there for the next two years is wrong. Come on. It's wrong. It's so, so I'm, Bedard I'm, and Matthews down the middle in like I'm two leaning, years? Let's I'm go. leaning on my hockey gods. Mm. To get in the way of this, uh, and and they, they, look, they they know what they're doing, and they're they're two points out of last already, and they've overachieved. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want that first overall pick. They yeah. want to be in the mix. Yep, it's it's very obvious. I just don't believe having a generational talent play his first three years in a forty two hundred seat facility is good for our game. Uh, listen, it's ridiculous, but the fact of the matter, it's it's only 41 games, and you've got Connor Bedard in big spots everywhere else that he's going to play on the road. I think He'll be in his fourth year before he gets I a legitimate think, homer rink. I think Connor Bedard on the Arizona Coyotes makes the Arizona Coyotes better. It, it puts them in, in a spot where you can grow the game the way you want to do it in a market. 1996. They've been down there. I, 1996. Listen, then, then move on from Arizona. Yep. Like if, if that if that's how you feel and you're you're entitled to, to feel that way at times I have felt that way when it comes to Arizona and the market and what has happened there but the fact of the matter is it's not changing the NHL has its footholds in that city in that state so if you're going to do that bring something that's going to bring people out to the games and make Arizona relevant I don't care if they draft third or fourth or second <laughs> fine I'm spend five you, years in forty two hundred seater. You don't win but, but, a lot but, of things when you want something badly. But not, not Connor Bedard. I'm I'm sorry about that. I I, I apologize <laughs> to everybody who who might be offended or be an Arizona Coyote fan. It's it's not right uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, I don't know how much tinkering we're going to see tonight from from this hockey club off to the thirteen and four record. Is there anything that you would point to that you'd like to see or want to see here? The only thing might be a change on the third line with the center. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Might, uh, might now, Brett Howden had a lot of opportunities early, and, yeah. he, and he still had some looks, but his shot volume has dropped off significantly. So for me, and I put it out midway through the game, I want to see Nick Waugh and Brett Howden swap. I, I just do. I want to see Nick Waugh with Paul Carr. That's fair. And you and Lawless are on board with that. And Phil Kessel. I, I think that that Waugh's, Waugh's upside, his 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 finishing ability. I, I think that there's a lot of size then on that line. I I, I want to see that happen. And to be honest, 
You look at last year, Brett Howden's most productive hockey came when he was on the fourth line for the Golden Knights in the middle of Keegan Colasar and Will Carrier. So I think that it's a tweak that could help both lines find a little bit more. Maybe maybe not both lines, maybe just the third line specifically. But I want to see that move at some point. I don't think it's going to happen tonight, but I would like to see it at some point here. So he uh, recorded at least one shot, Brett Howden, Mm -hmm. in the first eight games this season. Yeah. But only has three shots total in his last nine. No, the, the third line's been good lately. Yeah. So that that you, you can't criticize uh, Brett Howden without uh, without also complimenting him that the third line's been much better. But I will go back to Paul Cotter in the lineup. Paul Cotter scores a goal. Who who's on the ice with him? Yeah. It's change. It's Nick Waugh. Yeah. Right. And and it was it was on one of those situations where you don't get it was a the same line. with Kessel when he yeah, scored. Exactly. So I, I just I feel like that is something worth exploring. And if there was going to be a tweak that I would make going into either this game or the next game, it, it would be just seeing what I've got with Nick Waugh down the middle of Paul Cotter and and Phil now, Kessel. The coaching staff they do like what what Brett's bringing. Yeah. Like right. his overall game is good. They do appreciate that he's getting some chances, some looks. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe not shots on goal, but sticks are in the way, and they're not getting through. But the, the, the three shots that I mentioned isn't um, a totally accurate reflection of how many looks he's had at the net. Yeah. Except one thing I will lean on is Brett Howden went on one of the great heaters last yeah. year Yeah. in that road trip through New York. Right, yeah. And we, we've seen it firsthand. That when it clicks, it's in, he's flying, he's going. I wonder if he's just one bounce away, one finish uh, on a great opportunity away from getting to that stage. Because that's about the only guy mm-hmm. that hasn't gone on a, 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 at least a mini run. Yeah, and, and I think that you're you're always hoping for that. But, you know, now we're 17 games in, right? So, like... Yeah. You have to assume it's going to happen at some point that he's going to find the back of the net, and from there, it's all about what ends up happening. But it would be great for the Golden Knights if he was able to get that first one to go, and then lean into it. And if he starts to to get some production out of out of Brett Howden down the middle, and you know we we know Paul Cotter's looking to make an impact when he gets on the ice. We know how good Phil Kessel can be. Uh, it can turn into something, but you got to see it happen. And, and I feel like we're at a point now in the season where it, if it hasn't happened yet, how many more games are you going to give it before you kind of abandon it for at least a little while? Yeah, he's played every game, and he's got a goal and an assist. Uh, they would love to see him break through. Here's a quirky stat for you. Mm. Vegas on home ice yep. is still waiting for its first goal from a defenseman. <laughs> yeah, that is Theod- weird. Theodore has multiple goals. Alex Petrangelo scored the other night in Buffalo. Yep. Uh, we uh, we know that uh, Nick Hag has scored, Zach Mycloud in, in Ottawa, but they've all been on the road. Yeah. That's it means nothing in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> no, no, like, I, I don't want anybody to, to start uh, interpreting this, that the, well, the defense can't score at home. It, 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 it's the quirkiest, goofiest stat ever. Mm-hmm. But it's a stat yeah. that they're still waiting for the first goal by a defenseman here at the Fortress. Yeah, you know. It, it happens tonight, buddy. It, it, oh, wow. It happens tonight. You got a player in mind? Yep. 
You you want to tell us or no? Alec Martinez. Okay, you took you took my thunder. That sucks. Well, because that's he, a bummer. Because he was great, and I had a all awesome, over the place. Awesome conversation with him yesterday. Oh, did yeah, I saw that. It was so pretty I, animated. I, I went. Uh, I was talking about shop blocking. Yeah. Uh, so this <laughs> Alec won't mind uh, that I share this. So I sit sit down beside uh, Martinez in the dressing room, and I said, like, "Shop blocking. How like, how much has it changed since you came in the league?" to approach because we used to see forwards sliding out. Mm-hmm. Now it, it feels like defensemen are the predominantly big shot blockers on every team yeah. compared to the forwards that uh, that would either flamingo or dive their, their, put their face in front of it. And uh, Alec, he's a funny guy. Mm-hmm. You don't get to see it as much as I wish people could. Mm-hmm. He looks at me and goes, you're asking me because I, I don't have a goal yet? Because I'm scored, <laughs> like no, and and I get all defensive. Oh, I'm like, no, no, great. no. I'm just because you're the like the best shot blocker in the league. He's like, just kidding. I'm kidding, but uh, but the, the, no, nobody has scored on the back end. So I'm I'm going with him as my make good. Yeah. For that conversation yesterday, and he had, he had some cool things to talk about uh, shot blocking. You know, when when he goes to block, as a goaltender, mm-hmm. the guys in front of you. You can't see the puck necessarily, right? So, I'm I'm shocked that more pucks don't go in because the defenseman is screening his own goaltender. Mm-hmm. But there's such a science to it and and communication that, and I can't remember which side is in my notes over on the TV desk, but Alec he always cheats to one side, mm-hmm. and the goaltender everybody knows that it might be with all the guys I don't know. But he'll let's say for argument's sake, he always takes away the far side, the okay. long side. Yeah. So then the goaltender only has to worry about the near side. Right. So they can cheat a little bit to that side, which also makes it easier for the goaltender to play, and the defenseman isn't going to get lit up by the coach or the the goalie going, "Why are you screening me? Like if you're going to block it, block it." So I didn't. I didn't know there was that much thought went sure. into. It. I thought they were just out there blocking a shot. Yeah, it, I mean, it gives you an idea of the nuance, right? And and I thought it kind of being a fly on the wall in the room when you were having that conversation with Alec. Like, there's there's even those how you kind of configure your skates when you're coming out to make the block and, and increasing like kind of the surface area. That, well, that he the tr- he turns his legs. Yeah. So there's two things. One. You're right. Yeah. It increases the surface area. You you don't want to turn your legs sideways yeah. because that exposes this possibility of injury. Sure. But you turn your legs surface area, but it does another thing. It eliminates the possibility of the puck going through your legs. Oh wow! And okay. getting into the net. Yeah. Which is another thing that I hadn't thought of uh, as to why you would do that. I'm thinking you're turning your legs. Because you don't want to get hurt. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's doing it to block more area mm-hmm. and to avoid the puck going through your legs between your shins. Just unreal. Yeah, yeah. Good. It uh, it, it was a lot of fun. But I'm taking him. Uh, do you have a Do you have a defenseman that might oh, break I was, the I, slump? I, I was going to go Martinez too. You can still go Martinez. Yeah, we can I'm, celebrate together. I just I, he was so active in the offensive zone on on. Tuesday night that I, I just I feel like something is coming for him offensively. He gets an opportunity to, to rip a one-timer. I think it goes in. I think he gets uh, on the power play at some point this year. I'd like to see it. 
I just the one timer was so so good last year. Like, and, and, and it's been that way since he got to Vegas. Yeah, exactly. So you you know you have that at your disposal. It's 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 kind of a repeatable play. Um, if you're able to get it to him quick enough, he's able to put it in the back of the net. He practices one timers uh, at times at the end of practice, and I'll be out there. I'm like, do you, do you need a goalie? And he and Marshy are the two guys that say, yeah. nope. <laughs> N- not because like it's me. Yeah. Yeah. But because. I'm probably going to get like whoever's in there mm-hmm. is going to get hurt. Yeah, it's it's me. They're saying this to me. They're saying it to Leonard. They're saying it to Logan Thompson. Whoever you don't want to be in there for that. Yeah, not a chance because Alec Martinez can hammer yeah, that he puck. Can. Yeah, he can. Uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, when we continue, one timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Update you in a couple of early scores as we look ahead to we Phil Kessel's thousandth consecutive game. We have tickets. Yes, yes, and I'm on the air this time. I love Look at that. We were waiting for you, buddy. 702-876-1340. 702-876-1340. Chapman comes in, reminds us on the air, so you don't think I'm hearing voices. <laughs> and we will send you to the Ottawa Senator game next week. Two tickets. And we have another pair later in the show, so don't give up just yet. Uh, give us a call. Caller number six uh, right now. And one-timers are next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. All right, we got 13-gamer going on in the National Hockey League. Uh, some are already underway. The Boston Bruins mm-hmm. at home against the Philadelphia Flyers. The reason why I'm mentioning this is because the Boston Bruins are at home. 14-2 and two to start, impressive. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. They can become the fifth team, only the fifth team in NHL history, and they're part of being the original six, to open the season with at least 10 consecutive home wins. Oh, wow. That's the a- league record is 11. Hmm. Now, does it mean anything because it's – a home winning streak or a road winning streak because I'm an overall person sure yeah I mean it's broken up by uh, some you know some games on the road obviously they've lost two they've lost two games all year so yeah, it's, not like it's, it's been it's, terrible it's not like it's not like if the Boston Bruins do or don't I'm gonna look at them any different you're talking about 14 and two on the year like they're a really good hockey team so uh, I don't think it means anything um, I think it's a, a nice way to kind of push a narrative um, when when maybe you don't get that tenth win in a row like the Boston Bruins didn't get. One nothing Boston in the oh. second period. A second goal by Tomasz Nosek. Cool. Scoring the goal. That's awesome. I think his first one might have been an empty netter. Uh, but that's they all uh, count. Uh, you're you're right. Uh, Colorado against Carolina. Uh huh. Too early to call it potential. Um, Stanley Cup final. I don't think so. I mean, I think Carolina's really good. Obviously, we expect them to be among the best in the league, and we expect Carolina to do some damage. But until Carolina kind of goes to the next level in the playoffs, I- I'm not going to put them in the Stanley Cup final just yet. Uh, they're, to a lesser degree, a team that-, that has to show me that they can get it done in the playoffs as a front runner, not as a team that you know kind of gets in and, and maybe is a- a- ahead of schedule but a team that is supposed to be there and gets there when they're supposed to. So um, I believe in the Colorado Avalanche. Obviously, Carolina is really good, but I, I need to see them do it when it matters most. 
I'm the other way. I believe more in Carolina right now <laughs> than I do in Colorado. Colorado's going to get healthy, though. Like, at least that's the hope. Know, that's the hope, right? Like, you, you'll you you'll get Gabe Landeskog back. You, you, you should kind of grow into the season a bit with Colorado. Um Goaltending is going to be the question, I think. There, right? Like, we're kind of there. We know we know what Kale McCarr is. We know what Nathan McKinnon is. We know that the depth isn't necessarily where it's been, but they're so so good everywhere else that they'll probably be able to overcome it. In talking about Boston and whether or not you consider a, a ten wins at home really significant, mm-hmm. ten wins in a row at home really significant when it's broken up a little bit. I should have gone straight to. The New Jersey Devils, bad host uh, in Darren, uh, because the New Jersey Devils uh, have it going on right now, and they are facing the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. Yeah. The Devils. Yep. Are thirteen and three, mm-hmm. trying to make it happen and keep their winning streak alive. The New Jersey Devils are on a ten-game heater, to yep. uh, to quote Jack Hughes, and they're up now. Two to one on Toronto at the end of the second period. So listen, the I know you're not as big uh, a believer in the New Jersey Devils as I am. I think you kind of look at underlying numbers, the fact that they are just not giving up very much, and you're getting better goaltending out of Vitek Vanacek uh, than you were getting out of Mackenzie Blackwood at the beginning of the year. Uh, it's all kind of come together for the Devils early on. Now, can they sustain it? Uh, no. They are not going to win every single game. But the question for me with New Jersey now isn't how long can they push this streak. It's how do they respond when it's over, and are they able to string together pockets within this season the rest of the way where they are you know, 6 out of 10, 7 out of 10 in those spots. That's going to be the big question. I want to say they've qualified for the playoffs based on this streak. Really? Yeah. You're I coming around. Nope, but I can't oh, do it. Oh, come I on. No I want fun. to. No I want fun. to. And I think it'd be cool if they rip off the longest uh, uh, winning streak until Vegas eventually breaks it. But, uh, uh, no, I, I think it's neat that a team comes out of nowhere and does something like what the New Jersey Devils are doing. A couple of clubs that we expect to be there at the end mm-hmm. have had a lot of trouble getting it in gear. Yeah. And that's the Calgary Flames. Won their last two, but lost seven in a row. Uh, then, and there was no screams about making changes there. Mm-hmm. They just survived. Uh, then the Tampa Bay Lightning of the opposition tonight, they won a couple in a row, but they're only three games over 500, and it's been a man start mm-hmm. uh, for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Who's the better team? Oh, jeez. Um... I mean, I'm going to go with Tampa just because I, I think there's proof of concept there. I, I believe in both teams' goaltending, but I believe obviously in Andre Vasilevsky a little bit more. Um, I, I don't know that I'm concerned about Tampa. I think that when all said and done, they're going to be in the playoffs. They're a team that kind of knows what they've got to do to get there. And with Calgary, I think the very real concern is you've got new pieces trying to fit into a system and into uh, – Daryl Sutter's brand of hockey and you've got Jonathan Huberto who missed a couple of games you're still trying to find the right fit there I think they'll find it I think they'll get to a place where they're consistently good they're just not there yet Steven Stamkos has scored for Tampa Bay in that game he's got nine (laughs) talk about turning back the clock yeah in a couple of different instances we've witnessed players do that Uh, Eric Carlson was a topic of conversation the other night but Steven Stamkos, nine, on pace, 
for a 50-goal season. Didn't he have like seven in the first five games yeah. of the year? Get it going. I cool. love it. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets playing Anaheim tonight. The Jets are 7-1-1 one, one in their last nine. Yeah. Yeah. You might be right about the Winnipeg Jets. Except. <laughs> Except. <laughs> Try to give you a compliment. I know. But I'm not. I'm not going to just uh, take it mm-hmm. without uh, giving you all of the research. Okay. A report was done on the Jets using all the fancy data. Sure. Yeah. And all of the stats inside the game mm-hmm. from last year when they missed the playoffs to this year are the same. <laughs> like in in. Like pressure and yeah, shots yeah. and and uh, defensive zone coverage and all all those fancy metrics they call them analytics. I call them fancy because I'm old. Stats it's, it's, nerds. It's all the same. Okay. You know what's different? Connor Hellebuck save percentage. Connor Hellebuck is on a career streak. Yeah. He's already won a Vesna. <laughs> but we watched it here. Yeah. What yeah. what what his uh, game can go to? Oh yeah, that was sure. the best I've ever seen him play, mm-hmm. and he's been like that. He's like Vasilevsky ish right, right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In his save uh, uh, ratio. Yeah, Connor Hellebuck. So I, I don't know whether I'm I'm I like Winnipeg. I predicted that they'll be back in. Sure. But after reading that, I'm like, wow, oh, they're not they're not doing anything different. <laughs> they're no better. <laughs> Than, than they've been, except for Hellebuck. Well, goalie's part of your team, so it makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, for me, when it comes to Winnipeg, they're going to go as far as Connor Hellebuck can take them. And the big question is, you know, from a durability standpoint, not in terms of breaking down with an injury, but are you going to be able to get this level of goaltending night in and night out right. from Connor Hellebuck all season long? Uh, probably not. So there will be a dip at some point, and whether or not the Jets can improve in the other areas to kind of mitigate that and still win games remains to be seen. Um, but Connor Hellebuck's doing this year what you think Jordan Binnington does all the time. Yes. Stop a lot of pucks and put your team in the playoffs and give you an opportunity. He is right there Yeah, right now. Oh, he's been excellent. Vegas against Arizona. Mm-hmm is tonight, I have to go to the TV side, Megan Bozak's going to be with us tonight, uh, two-time Olympian, is going to join Darren Elliott, so I have two Olympians with me tonight. Look at you. Two Olympians. How do you feel about that? That means I can do no worse than bronze, because it's three of us, and know. with two Olympians, I'm I'm grandfathering myself in there as an Olympian. It's pretty cool. Uh, she's from the uh, U.S. Women's Hockey Program, and uh, going to help us out, done some stuff with the Vegas uh, Junior Golden Knights. Uh, and looking forward to her uh, analysis tonight. She's got some great relationships with the Kessel family, mm-hmm. uh, knows Amanda really well, and uh, and Blake actually used to live with uh, Megan and her wow. husband yeah. in, in just outside of Toronto. Uh, we're, we're asked to look at the different parts about tonight's game. Where do you think this contest goes with Vegas? Is it come out and slam it down Arizona's throats? Or is it more trying to be focused on playing that really responsible game? I'd like to see a little bit of both, to be honest with you. Like, I want to see the Golden Knights press a bit offensively because I do think you want to get the the scoring touch back in your game. You want to, uh, to feel confident in that regard. But... I think the most important thing for the Golden Knights is to, to, to really take away 
anything that the Arizona Coyotes are going to want to do offensively. So I probably lean more toward let's control things, let's take away scoring chances, and we'll get ours when it comes. Uh, but I, 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 I'm going to leave the door open because I would like to see the Golden Knights a bit more assertive offensively. My night to shine? Yeah. Logan Thompson. Okay. I know you didn't ask me. I never pick goalies. But uh, I'm going Logan Thompson. Goalie shuts it down tonight. Yeah. And they may score nine, but if the goaltender shuts the door, I'm not saying shut out, mm-hmm. but uh, shuts the door, that's big uh, for Logan Thompson. It'd be, it'd be a really good statement going on the road uh, in Arizona. Oh, sorry, in uh, Edmonton and Vancouver. Uh, we've got two more tickets to give away. 702-876-1340. Be caller number 9 to 702-876-1340. And you can win a couple of tickets to see Ottawa and Vegas next week. Oh, we've got Catching Up with Chapman next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. All right, Ryan. Well, I know I'm not going to get a hello, Christopher, so uh, I'll just start here. Um, why, why even do that? I know. Well, because it's just tradition. So it's you guys were, it's, were it's just... the worst thing that you guys did. <laughs> you guys were just talking about Tomasz Nosek, of course, former Golden Knights, scoring a goal uh-huh. tonight for the Bruins. But on November 13th, so just a couple days ago, Nosek had his first NHL fight. Uh, he fought Kyle Burrows of the Vancouver Canucks. He took mm-hmm. exception to a hit that Burroughs laid on David or uh, Pasternak, and uh, he he was very very quick to uh, to go uh, jump on Burroughs, and uh, wasn't wasn't a heavyweight fight or anything like that. But uh, good on Tomas for uh, getting in there and and dropping the gloves for the first time in his career. Now he did have a fight in the AHL back when he was with Grand Rapids, but uh, this was his first NHL fight, and I, I thought he did a pretty good job, and he did the right thing. Look, it was kind of a, I don't want to say dirty hit, but it was it was definitely a, a, a high hit, and uh, Pasternak hit the deck pretty hard, and Nosek uh, came to the rescue for the check line. A lot of checks in the Boston team, but uh, Nosek uh, do, doing the good thing and coming in to the rescue and, and uh, stepping in and stepping up for his teammate. Okay, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. Good, good on Tomasz. That's that's good for him. What's what's funny is Nosik is like kind of like the, the the most mild mannered, friendly, easiest going guy, and yeah, he he was pretty angry. All right, Chapman, what what do you think tonight? I think it's very cool that that we get to witness history again. Oh, you'll be down here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. I mean, we we you and I were in the building for yeah. uh, Marlowe's uh, um, exceptional. Uh, 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 streak or, or set of games that I'm he not played. Throwing you a life raft here, buddy. Uh oh. Nothing. No, you're fine. You're fine. No. <laughs> <laughs> I always get them confused. Yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. um, good God. But yeah, it's cool. I'm, I'm I'm excited because we get to see a a, a, a big piece of history with Phil Kessel tonight. One thousand straight games. And uh, to answer a question from earlier in the show, I'm mm-hmm. definitely wearing the one thousand t-shirt nice big round number 1000 definitely looks better than 999 um you know if you're gonna if you're gonna win money you'd much rather win a thousand dollars than 999 dollars well so. it's 990 because that's the number to break the streak right? no like, that's but, but, the number to be the new iron man it was 990 or a thousand well Not give me a thousand well but still give me a thousand 
No, like I'm with you. I, I'd rather have a thousand dollars than nine hundred and ninety dollars. But if but you I, stop playing, to, like if you didn't play tonight, the record's nine ninety nine. Well, right. I don't. Like, I don't want that. I want like, one thousand. Yeah, but to me, the big, the bigger milestone isn't necessarily one thousand. It's the nine ninety to take over the record to be the Iron Man. Without nine ninety, there can't be nine ninety one or nine ninety two right. or nine ninety three yeah. or a thousand. Of course. So you had to get there first, and that's the one that that you know, regardless of where Phil Kessel ends. 990 was the number he had to get to to become the NHL's Iron Man. So to me, that one's going to loom large. I'll be up next on the pregame show. Stick around right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas.